Welcome to Microdose Psychedelic Insights, powered by The Conscious Fund. This is the Sci-Fi series, discovering the cutting-edge science and research in psychedelic medicine. Welcome back, everybody. We're back for another great episode of the Sci-Fi Podcast, where we talk to leading industry experts, clinicians, scientists, researchers to unravel the mystery that is psychedelic science. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Carlos Alvear Lopez, of Inscape Recovery. Thank you so much for joining us, Doctor. I appreciate it. Thank you, Gaurav. Yeah, so uh, I know we know each other really well, but it'd be fantastic for uh, you know our audience if you could just introduce yourself a, a little bit and you know tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, I'm a medical doctor that um, been practicing since 20 years ago. Uh, I've moved to the farmlands of the um, Valley in Mexico uh, when I finished med school to do my practice there. And I started working with herbal medicines uh, around 2003 and then uh, was completely passionate about the capacity of the, the herbal world to support our, our health. And in 2012, we started working in a program to help addiction with, uh, with some other facilitators. and. Um, since then, we've had on and off programs to support uh, addiction recovery. And from five years ago, I started the project called Neurotropy, which is uh, how to balance neurotransmission through nutrition, which al also is aimed to support uh, addiction recovery and other emotional distress um, uh, people. No, So uh, that's basically what we do in, in our project and in our program in uh, in Mexico. Yeah, that's that's really fascinating and you bring up a lot of cool points I want to touch on your uh, the fact that you work with different herbal medicines, you work with psychedelic medicine as well, the ayahuasca and the, the neurotransmission. I think you have a really holistic and targeted approach, you know, uh, for for helping people with addiction. So I'd love for you to just explain to us how you got involved with working with herbal medicine and then you know psychotropic plants like ayahuasca in the first place yeah so so uh, i guess i i've been a, a searcher since my early youth um, trying to understand uh, my own psyche and creation itself so i started at, uh, at a young age uh, researching into altered state of consciousness without taking any substances. I took my, my first uh, LSD experience at 21 years of age when I was in second year of med school. So previously it was only researching and researching and reading and you know the classical doors of perception and the work of, of uh, the, 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 the old school, then back with Terence McKenna and uh, until my, my first experience and when I had that experience I basically realized that there was a completely different way to approach consciousness and to approach uh, the psyche and that just took me on a on a travel towards uh, my inner realms um, I met a, a wonderful healer from the Wirrarica ritual tradition named Cassiano who, who basically spend uh, many many years of his life working with us uh, at our farm giving uh, peyote medicine um, so it, it's it's been a long process of uh, engaging with the plant uh, kingdom and and the the sacred plants and with the ayahuasca i'm not a provider of ayahuasca I, i'm just a complete believer of its effects uh, we, we, we have someone that's trained that uh, serves the medicine at our facility. And I am basically uh, one more of the participants that engages in, in, in the integration of the, of the plant medicine and then uh, working with the plant medicine within myself. Um, and what, we've, what, what, what basically has shifted a lot of the understanding of plant medicine and neurotransmission for me is to understand where is the, the patient or the participant before engaging with the plant medicine in their neurotransmission? So we are starting to make different tests to understand uh, the, the levels of, um, uh, of different neurotransmitters. So basically dopamine, neuro, epinephrine, 
serotonin, GABA, and acetylcholine by understanding the traits of the participants and in some cases you, using different blood panels um, to, to assess them. And uh, understanding this and, and, and having a, a pre-image of how their brain is functioning, we can uh, have more control over the experience of the plant medicine with reducing the effects of possible uh, psychotic events or of uh, actually people not being able to engage with the plant medicine because they're completely off their neurotransmission. So this has brought uh, an added value to, to the way we, we approach uh, the use of plant medicine and, and the, the addiction recovery program. Oh, that's really fascinating. Uh, you know, it's interesting talking to different people uh, throughout uh, recording this podcast and hearing um, them talk about their own experiences with psychedelics and kind of how that shaped their uh, journey. And it'd be interesting if you will, you'd be willing to share a little bit about your experience with LSD in, in medical school and maybe how that shaped your uh, perspective on consciousness altering drugs and their therapeutic potential. Okay. Well, first of all, um... I, I was given the, the, the substance without knowing uh, that, that, that it was LSD. Uh, wow. Someone uh, played a, a, you know, a, a bit of a, a, a bad joke. Um, so I, I was in, a, in an enclosed, it, it was, a, a, I don't know how you call it, like a, a, a techno, techno music place, no? Um, and it was a, the, the, the the birthday of one of my peers and uh, someone said okay we're gonna celebrate and we we brought uh, mdma to experience and i've never tried anything so so but i had read on mdma and i had read on on its effects and i, I said okay you know it's yeah i i i i'm i'm willing to take the experience and so um they 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 gave me the the substance and um maybe within 15 or 20 minutes, I wanted to go to the toilet. And so I went into the toilet. And as I closed the, the, the door of the toilet, it was an actual glass uh, um, like mirror. And it, it had a concave shape. It was like a cylinder, the, the, the toilet was quite weird. Um, but but in, the actual, in the actual mirror, suddenly I, I saw you know, the, the devil <laughs> surrounded by all these beautiful women. Uh, and I could realize that obviously this was not MDMA, but <laughs> I was completely in a, in a place where I I could only understand that there was some other substance in 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 the cocktail or in the in what they gave me. And then you know the devil said, "Okay, you know you can ask me anything you want. I, I will provide." Uh, and I said, no, "I just want to have a shit. You know, just get get out of my sight." And uh, basically, I emptied my bowels, opened the, you know, washed my my face, and could definitely start to feel, you know, the, the changes in in my body, in some some sweating in the hands, you know, the, the classical symptoms of of the, the the incoming experience of LSD. When when I opened the the door, I was just mesmerized by all the entities uh, that were non-human, you know, and that. Uh, so it was like a trip to the to the really dark, uh, you know, the 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 the, the deep 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 uh, unconscious, and my way to to cope with this was basically uh, get out of my body. So my consciousness moved out of my body, uh, and um, and suddenly I just saw saw myself in a fetal position, you know, on the middle of the dance floor. Uh, and I could just observe the whole scenario and, and understand that I was at risk there. So I managed to, to go back into my, my physical body, move myself out of the place and find a little corner um, where I, I was just you know trying to, to, to experience what I had to experience. And fortunately, one of my friends that, that was not uh, within this experience, you know, we, that had not taken anything, saw me and saw me in distress. And I said, you know, please take me back home. And as I arrived back home, I used to live in a beautiful part of Mexico City where I was in a small hill that overlooked to the valley and the volcanoes were, 
you know at the end of of the valley um and and as as the sunrise started to emerge um there was uh, the, the the ninth symphony of beethoven playing and exactly in the moment where the the joy uh, the, the hymn to joy started in that specific instant the sun came in the middle of the two volcanoes and and you know i i just could feel grace for the first time in my life i i could feel the presence of the divine which i had searched for in many many ways through my intellect but had never actually you know be, been a, a complete witness where i was completely embedded uh, in its in its grace and its magic and its love and and that was just a turning point in in my life uh, but, but understanding um you know the the, the creation in another way and, and deepening into my own personal search. Um, so I guess that resumes my experience. Wow, that's quite a story. Thanks for sharing. I, I heard a very a distilled version of that, I think, from Joey. <laughs> you know, yeah. So now to, to hear the whole account from you, that's so super interesting. Um, are, are you grateful for the experience in the end? It certainly was unexpected and, and yeah, quite I'm, frankly I'm, a little terrifying at the beginning. I'm great. I'm grateful. I, I, I am. I did not trust that person ever again, <laughs> and I think it's it's not a good joke. And I think right. people, you know right. one should be extremely respectful of the power of these medicines. Uh, and it, it's it's not a, 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 a it's not a party, you know. Even though people use it for that, uh, it, it has a, a, a completely uh, other uh, uh, reason for existence, and it's definitely to go inward, no. So, so uh, if if that can be conveyed to to anyone, is is that do not play tricks with these powerful substances on anyone's psyche. Yeah, absolutely. That one of the biggest things that stuck out to me from your story was definitely the theme of harm reduction. You know, that was obviously very irresponsible of that person. But yeah, in, in the end, yeah. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you had a I'm very powerful and, experience. But it would have happened yeah. in some right. other way, also. No. Yeah. So, um, I just think that, that minimizing risk is is essential. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting. You talk uh, about how these medicines or these drugs are kind of used in more than one context. You know, of course, today we're sitting here today talking about psychedelics as medicine. Um, but for a long time, they've also been used in in a recreational context. So, you know, as as a medical doctor that understands the power of these substances, I'm curious what your thoughts are for people that do believe psychedelics have a recreational value or can be used for fun, you know, uh, and how that kind of fits into the paradigm of them being used for healing. If you believe maybe it's harmful for people to use it like that, or if there is a place for that um, alongside it as medicine. So, so you know, I, I think we cannot generalize anything in life, no? And everything is... is uh, um, in relation to where you're at at the moment uh, and you know how is your psyche if it's stable if it's not stable you know what are you going through in your life where where are you, you know wh with who are you are you in a place where you can trust the others uh, are, are you in a place where where the the the, the actual space is um, a, a place that can contain your experience uh, and you know i've 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 used substances in both ways, you know, in in the party um, place and in deeper exploration of myself. And I can definitely uh, convey that 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 I believe that the way is to to experience them first in that sense of of depth, in that contained space. Learn to 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 experience that that space within, so that then you can be more comfortable to experience it on an on a more open space where there's many more um elements that you don't have control over no so um i i think we should always look for for ways to minimize the risk uh, of using these substances uh, and uh, and that that would be my suggestion yeah, that's really good insight. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, it'd be great if you could share a little bit about, you know, your your work in the space. And I know you talked about the program using, uh, you know, 
the neurotransmitter understanding and different herbal medicines and, and uh, entheogenic plants as well and treating addictions. So if you could describe that process a little bit more, that'd be fantastic. So basically, uh, we we use a, a, a test that that basic that that observes traits and, and personality traits uh, that have some correlation to neurotransmission on balance and through a different methylation process and um, we we approach uh, the, the the patients or the participants using a method that's developed by a dr walsh who has a long history of mapping the brain through traits and then giving um, nutritional supplements to to balance uh, the brain so that's the first thing we do uh, and then we start a protocol of detoxifying the liver uh, through herbal supplementation and through different Ayurveda massage uh, that help uh, liberate toxins through the lymphatic system. Uh, and um, we start to assess the deficiencies within their brain uh, by supplementing specific neurotransmitters that we see that are uh, off the charts. And once this process is stabilized, you know, it takes around two weeks, then we uh, suggest the first intake of plant medicine. Prior to this, we also treat uh, the participant on a more of a shamanic uh, uh, process using purges uh, from, from the tradition of the Amazonia and using a, a traditional healer to do a cleanse. We do different types of cleanses so that we also um, treat the energetic body, not, not only the, the, the biological body, not only the psychic uh, element, but also the energetic connections that in, in many cases, um, people that, that have been with the abuse of, of, of substances have also been exposed to extremely um, disruptive energies, no? Uh, and this is also treated within our program, which, which uh, it, it's rare to find this in other programs, no? Uh, and, and once they, they enter the process, once they, we, we see that they're stable, we, we start the, the, the plant, plant medicine work using um, ayahuasca, or in some cases, we receive participants that have come from Iboga, Iboga uh, immersion, and we do the aftercare, no? We help them integrate their experience, and through the process, after two or three weeks of being with us, we then uh, provide ayahuasca to have a, a, a continuum of that experience. And uh, in some cases, we use also the, 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 the hikuri, the peyote, uh, to help the, the process, depending on, on, on the participant, depending on the circumstance. So it's, it's always uh, related on, on what the participant needs to be able to foster the best um, contained and sustained uh, healing process. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's a really personalized and tailored, you know, treatment program. And I think that's reflective of psychedelic medicine as a whole, because it's so, I, I think it's the quintessential personalized medicine in the sense that, you know, it, the, the way it affects different people is so unique. And it seems like these medicines, when used in the right context and with, uh, you know, in the right set and setting and with the right professionals, um, can really be more versatile than the traditional medications we have been using for things like depression and addiction. And that kind of leads me to my next question is, you know, what are some of the ways your treatment program and, and the way you approach addiction is, is different than the traditional model? And I know you've touched on, on, on some of those things, um, but it'd be great if you could elaborate a little bit more. Okay. I think it's so unique what you do, you know? So, so our, our first uh, element is to realign the the scope of, of where we're seeing what we're seeing is rather than observe only the addiction is observe the capacity to to sustain the consciousness of the self no of of the deeper understanding of each other and so most of our activities are to bring back the participant to the experience of themselves and and not to solidify so much uh, the, the the quality or, or the experience of addiction that that's already there that's already been overly expressed overly explored um uh, overly um, judged and and what we what we try to do at all moments is stop the judgment to to understand that that no one wakes up one day 
wanting to become an addict. Uh, everyone becomes an addict out of some form of trying to find a solution to their inner turmoil. Um, so, so we we take that as a as an quite an inner exploration and, and, and a sense of wholeness, just using the, the incorrect tools and, and going into a downward spiral because they're trying to, to find a place of peace or of ease. So shifting uh, to new resources, new tools, but staying with the same longing for wholeness, longing for peace, longing for oneness, is what, what drives our our protocols, no? Uh, so so we we use a very um, integrated model with different facilitators that that uh, each one has a, a specific way of sharing this uh, space of compassion and the space of trust and space of non-judgment, so that the the participant can can feel accepted and by by feeling accepted can actually accept themselves. Oh, that's that's really cool. I like that what you said about feeling accepted. You know, because I was talking to you might know Anders Beatty. He um, does uh, the ibogaine counseling with the Universal Ibogaine, and you know, he talked about the core of addiction. Really, I think Dr. Gabor Mate talks about this too. Uh, this being trying to be an inauthentic self, you know, and trying to find authenticity in that challenge that some of us uh, have as people struggling with addiction. Um, that's really at the core of it. And I think self-acceptance and, and really radical self-acceptance and the, the entheogenic plants really help promote that acceptance uh, within, within ourselves. So I think that's really cool. Um, obviously the addiction treatment space, the mental health space has evolved a lot, you know, in the, in the last five or 10 years. And uh, since you began working in it, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen and what are you most excited about? Well, I, I think that uh, for sure, we've seen the power of, of plant medicine work miracles in, in, in patients that have, you know, depression that was not being able be, to be treated chemically or, or victims of abuse that, that you know, have PTSD that, that with the use of, of an antigen can suddenly you know, reconnect and, and release their pain and are able to reconnect to their partners and, and, and heal their, their wounds related to to sexual abuse, uh, and these are, you know, these are subjects that cannot be taken for granted. These are situations that, using other methods, you do not reach the the, the depth and the capacity of transformation that you re reach with these substances. Uh, and you know, it's it's not new that that we've used psychoactive plants for healing. You know, it's it's been within a, a, our upbringing as humanity, um, the, the, the Greeks used them, you know, um, through, through the Leucenian uh, um, uh, rites of passage, you know, where, where they actually took the plants to engage in, in processes of healing. Uh, and the same, the same happened with the Mayas, and the same happened, I'm sure, with, with the Soma of, of, of India. And the, the same is for the, the, the natural cultures here in Mexico, of the Wirradika Wichol or the Mazatec uh, Indians who who use the magic mushrooms also for healing. No, so it, it's 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 not new. We're just recognizing it and, and being humbled by them uh, and and seeing that they have an actual place within our Western model of of therapeutics. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's not new medicine at all. It's us reconnecting to our roots in so many ways. And I think that's a really good point you bring up. Um, so you're in Mexico right now, and we had the pleasure of connecting with you, the microdose team for our, our documentary, The World on Drugs. And it's really interesting because Mexico has been one of the hardest hit countries by the, the war on drugs. Um, but at the same time, it's become this hub probably because you know so many people are are starting to reconnect to those roots that are so deep there of plant medicine and and uh, from the indigenous cultures and healing so i'd love for you to just comment a little bit about you know uh, inscape recovery is is in mexico so you know how do you like being there and just what's mexico's role in all of this because i definitely think it's an important one you know on, on the global scale well i think it's a hard question to 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 reply to uh, well, first of all, of course, I, I, I love 
the valley where we're in. It's it's uh, it's a beautiful small valley with a very low density of population, with an incredible weather, uh, with an old tradition of of uh, an ancient shrine for for the you know Aztec uh, priests to 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 do their light, last rite of passage. So it has that mystical quality within the field, no, of of consciousness that I, I I'm sure it helps. Uh, and on that regards, you know, we 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 we're very very lucky to be here, very blessed. Um, we grow our own medicinal plants. We, we we cultivate them with love and without pesticides, so we can we can secure the quality of of the products um, to, to to our participants, our clients. So in that in that turn, you know, we're we're very happy with what we've coined till now. In relation to the bigger picture of of why Mexico is is being a, a hub to 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 all these programs and clinics, I I think it it it's kind to do with the the the, the low law enforcement that there is because unfortunately these are still illegal uh, and and yet there is there are shades and there are you know gray areas where where plant medicine is being used uh, and um, on, on, I say unfortunately because it would be amazing that, that it would be regulated and legalized uh, and that the clinics would have forms of, of securing the experience for uh, whoever is searching for them so that they, you know, they, they don't get a, a, an underqualified uh, facilitator that, that puts in, in, in to risk their experience, which, which also tends to happen, no? When when there is no regulation, so I think that that's where the, the difficulty to answer the question is is uh, is because it's not only because we have a, a, a long uh, history. I think it's because the the, the the law is not as strong. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting point uh, that that you bring up, you know, and that brings me to my next point as well, talking about the evolution of the space and. Uh, you know, where it's kind of going in the future. I know at our next Psychedelic Capital Conference, we're trying to look at the three different possible modes of psychedelics being integrated into the mainstream, be it legalization, decriminalization, or medicalization. You know, and you brought up a really good point about the fact that it's not just about making these substances more accessible. There also needs to be some form of regulation so that people providing them are competent and trained, you know, yeah. in doing so. Uh, yeah. So how do you see, I mean, what's the best case scenario for moving forward, uh, in your opinion, with um, the regulation of these entheogenic plants and, yeah. and maybe just drugs at large? I think there are two avenues, no? One is the recreational use that, mm -hmm. what, that one know should be allowed to to use any plant for their own healing purposes being responsible for what they do and not not depending on others and that's that's one line and then the second one line is whoever is the provider no what is the regulation of what if you're offering a process then who regulates that you are doing it properly who regulates the quality of the plant who you know who regulates the, the security of, of the protocols, uh, and so so I think that there are, you know, these these two lines that need to be explored and that needs to be regulated eventually. Yeah, you know, when we talk about safety, I want to touch a little bit more on the ayahuasca, and you know, you guys go through an incredible amount to ensure that all the patients at Inscape are safe throughout their entire process, and. Um, ayahuasca is obviously considered very safe uh, entheogen, but of course there's the interaction, but potential interaction since you consume an MAOI, you know, people on antidepressants or, or medications like that have to be very wary. So how do you approach people that might come to you that are on these types of medications um, and, and more, maybe more generally, how do you ensure the safety of, you know, all your patients there? Yeah. So even even before they arrive, we do an assessment. We you know people need to trust, and by trusting, they need to be truthful. You no, know, so to what they're using and uh, and the amounts. So we we start a winning off process before they arrive, so that by the second week that they're with us, we we've, we've already wind them off the, the whatever substance that is non compatible. So basically, emails and 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 uh, serotonin reuptakers, no? 
So uh, we, we stabilize as much as we can through nutrition of the brain, uh, th their symptoms, and uh, then they can engage. And we also do liver panel. We, when they are going into Iboga to, to the, other, uh, the other providers, we make sure that they have an EKG done uh, and check the blood works to, to be secure that they, they can cope with the experience and that their, their health will not be placed at risk. Okay, that's really interesting. That's really good to know. Uh, when you talk about the neurotransmission, I think that's a really interesting and another unique element of your practice. You know, uh, how, what got you into in incorporating that into the treatment program? And I know that you're just really passionate about the neurotransmission stuff. So, uh, any more notes that you would have to share on that would be really cool. So, so I, I guess I, I, I've, I'm always experiencing with with substance uh, from nature, no? Um, I'm trying, I, I formulate the, the, the herbal formulas for, for our patients. And so I've always been mes mesmerized by, by, by new things that arise or by a formula that's 5,000 years old from the Chinese uh, no era or an Ayurveda pr product for uh, longevity. I, I will try it in myself and I will see, you know, what works, what doesn't, and then try try to bring it into into my practice. Uh, and and doing this research, I started to to work with nootropics uh, and different you know salts that were created to uh, access different areas of the brain, which they do it by by enhancing different neurotransmitters to basically help with cognition, with cognitive functions, whether it be memory or attention or or, or sleeping disorder or anxiety uh, and at the same time I was working with this uh, I had a teacher in Vancouver that was also working with this and I didn't know about this but he invited me over to his home and we spent a, a holiday there and we realized that we were uh, searching for for um, no different states of awareness me more to to provide a, a, a source of prevention to Alzheimer and dementia and for him he was looking for cognitive enhancement and consciousness enhancement he's he's a meditation teacher so we decided to 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 research together and to come up with a formula that could help you know both areas uh, to enhance consciousness by enhancing uh, basically uh, the, the 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 process of interconnection of neurons and at the same time, be, be a, a supplement that could support prevention of, of dementia. Uh, and this was the first steps of, of how we created this model of neurotropy. Uh, and along the way, um, we realized that there were actual plants that we did not need to use the, 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 the salts, no? the, the, the chemical salts, that we could actually use plants and amino acids and vitamins and minerals that would ha enhance each of the neurotransmitters that we wanted to 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 enrich, you know, that we saw in participants or patients that that they that they they were out of balance, that they were in depletion, and and that, that's basically what we've been doing, you know, along the way. And then came another researcher, which is Dr. Walsh, that he goes more into the epigenetics of neurotransmission, and that's where I'm right now hooked, you know, into understanding what are the other uh, factors that might be, uh, you know, pushing your genes to, to act differently uh, and to, to make havoc within your neurotransmission and how to, to support uh, the, the process through nutrition so that you can balance uh, your, your psychological well-being and your psychic well-being back to, back, back to your, your full self, you know? Yeah, that's really cool. I, something that stuck out to me was you incorporate new things into your practice in some cases we're looking back you know in time to see what in a formula the in ayurvedic medicine or old chinese medicine that might have been really effective which is so similar to kind of how psychedelic medicine is getting reintegrated back into society is we're kind of looking backward to find the way forward you know yeah and i think that's really cool and i and i think something that's critical is that we need to understand that we sometimes decontextualize the plant medicine. You know, the, the, the plant medicine 
it's a continuum of a tradition. It's not only the ayahuasca or no, not only the peyote, but, but it's the belief within it, the, the, the inner social dynamics that sustains the practice, the inner forms of dialogue that sustain the inner connections in between the, the, the culture or the tribe. And, and, and as Westerners, we assume that by only taking the molecule, by only taking the substance, that's enough. And, and I think that's one of the huge risks that, that I see coming up w when we try to, to idealize the substance, take it out of, of context and, and assume that, that the, su the substance in itself will be the, the, the healing antidote. Um, I, I think that there is a huge risk of that happening and we, we need to be aware of it and we need to create the protocols and create the rituals that, that come together with these plants and, 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 and not, not forget that, that there is a whole tradition behind them that have made the plant be what it is. And it's the, the correlation in the, the, the existence of the plant and the existence of that culture that, that brings the healing. No? It, it's not only the, the, the molecule, it, it, it's, it's a deeper process. That's so true. I really like how you said that, you know, about how there's, yeah, about about bringing it back into the context it came from, because you're right, as Westerners, that's our temptation is to try and take the, these medicines and apply them to the same paradigm we've been using with pharmaceutical exactly. drugs, and it just doesn't work that way. And exactly. I think it's important to, yeah, important to be mindful of that. Another cool thing you said that came to mind was kind of this continuum, you know, like we can help people get from, I think the old the old paradigm and maybe medication-assisted therapy, stuff like methadone, uh, buprenorphine, they can help someone go from a really bad place and the idea is to try and really get them to something like normal, you know? But the cool thing with psychedelic medicine is that it offer, it seems to offer people the possibility, um, and not just psychedelic medicine, but a treatment protocol like you're suggesting that's more holistic that includes things like meditation to go way past what we thought was normal and unlock capabilities within ourselves that we didn't even know maybe that we had or we were capable of, which to me has always been one of the interesting blessings of, I think, addiction and addiction treatment is that it offers people the ability to unlock so much more of themselves, uh, whereas when you're in active addiction, especially you're what you feel is possible becomes very limited, you know. Um, so outside of the ayahuasca and the, or maybe the peyote and the plant medicine and the, maybe the neurotransmission, uh, what are some of the other activities and practices you guys do at Inscape to facilitate, you know, taking these medicines and, and providing the whole healing context? So breathing, <laughs> the awareness of your breath, uh, as, as, as simple as that, no? Just uh, doing over and over and over exercises of, of realizing where are you in relation to your breath? Where are you in relation to your diaphragm? You know, where are you in relation to holding tension in your body? So, so body awareness, definitely. And then meditation, we use different types of meditation so that the, the, the participants can take home a, 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 a full toolbox of, of, of tools to, to use in the different stages and the different needs of, in their lives, no? Um, and then we do art therapy as a form of expression and letting you know elements of the unconscious emerge through the expression of art. We use echinotherapy, working with horses and seeing how the horses relate to you depending on, on what's your mood, you know, what are you thinking? You know, are you agitated? Does the, does the horse respond when you are agitated? Are, are you finding trust within the horse? Is the, the horse trusting you? Um, which is of huge value to, to just have a, um, a feedback, no, from, a, from an other being. Um, then we, we also work with a, a process called Jansu, which is a, a massage in the water to, to bring you back into a sense of being in, in, in the womb. Um, which also taps very deep into an emotional state. Then we do acupuncture as part of balancing the, the energetic system uh, and balancing the meridians. Um, we do drum circles as part of creating a, a place of communicating in other ways and finding your own rhythm uh, and your own relationship to sound. Um, and we do walks in nature to, to, to days of the week. We, we go you know, deep into nature to, 
to connect and to do eco psychology to see you know how, how we relate to nature how nature relates to us how do we create this uh, differentiation between nature and ourselves how can we break that differentiation and find that we are nature in itself um i guess that that's that's about it maybe, maybe i've <laughs> Something that you might remember from your being in the program. Uh, yeah, I something I, I forgot to tell our, our listeners is that, yeah, I've been to the program at, at Inkscape and, and uh, you know, it was such a, a pleasure being there. And it was obviously very life-changing and radical and groundbreaking for me. So it's an extra honor to have you on, you know, as a guest uh, on, on the podcast. Uh, other things I would mention are the flotation tank and the technologies yeah. that you guys have. They're awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have an array uh, of different technologies for health from a flotation yeah. tank to a jade mat bed to um, an organ chamber uh, to an inversion table when people have issues with their backs with with infra infrared light just to port the the kidneys and support the back uh, we have a, a jade roller massage to help in length and stretch uh, vertebra by vertebra we have a biofeedback machine to help you know as, um, address different wavelengths of the brain so to 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 help balance through the morning moods and through the evening moods um yeah i forgot all about those toys <laughs> that's, yeah that's like, really they're, awesome. there, they're there at the service of the of the participants yeah i'm already really excited to, to come back again in december and that's something i wanted to bring up is you know it's really cool the community that you form and that we form with other participants in the program and yeah. you have these uh, alumni retreats which i think are really cool and i think that ties into a question i wanted to ask you is you know, how, how has it been going in, in your opinion with the people that you've been working with, the patients you've been working with um, and applying such a robust and comprehensive treatment approach? Uh, in, in your opinion, how is it going? And has it been really great to, you know, see people come back for the retreats? And are, are you looking to optimize the program in any way? And, you know, looking forward, what are your plans? So I think that the alumni retreat uh, holds a lot of richness because it, it gives a space for for you know the participants to come back and share how how they are how's life been they get to reboost their process they had to to repractice the techniques and go back into the medicine work they get to reconnect with old peers and create new friends and establish this network that will sustain their process of the, the recovery outside our premises uh, and and to find like-minded, like-hearted individuals that that you know will be there to listen, will be there to stretch a hand, will be there to to not only have the idea of a community but the actual feeling of a community. And I, I think that has a, an enormous value. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me think of the Rat Park experiment that's so classic to addiction and just to not summarize it, but just talk about the fact that a community and feeling connected to each other is so important for people, yeah. you know, especially that are in recovery. And I think that's, uh, I think that's really important. Um, I wanted to ask you as we kind of come to an end here, we were talking about, well, okay, there were a couple of things uh, that came to mind. You were talking about epigenetics. And I thought that was really interesting, you know, because we talked about going backwards and looking at the indigenous cultures and traditions to kind of formulate our approach moving forward and you know like with the Temescal we always go into the Temescal and we say for all my relations and we mm -hmm. talk about how we can carry uh kind of on a mystical or spiritual level we talk about how we can carry these traumas you know from our 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 parents and their parents and our ancestors but now scientifically we're understanding that mechanism you know through epigenetics and histone acetylation and methylation and i think that's so fascinating if you wanted to talk a little bit about how science is kind of revealing that there's a lot of truth to some of these uh ancient traditions and their perspectives on things so i think there is a difference in between the genetic traits that are passed on through the the epigenetic processes that are due to, you know, or, or exposure to chemicals or type of diet, uh, the electromagnetic fields, um, the, the the lack of uh, antioxidants within our systems that that, that will trigger um, the this epigenetic process that will make the gene express or, or overexpress or under express and thus 
producing certain traits that are related to to the neurotransmission unbalances. No, and I think that we are just tapping into this realm. We are um, having some forms of understanding, some forms of measuring, uh, some forms of regulating, but but we we are uh, definitely in our teenage years. You know, there, there is so much. Uh, research that still needs to happen and if someone is is interested in, in following i think dr walsh uh, research is, is quite you know quite mind-blowing and and the passion and dedication that he's putting to understanding the nutrition of the brain and understanding how to balance it through very simple protocols based on nutrition uh, on, on 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 what he calls power nutrients so i i think that i'm i'm not you know, in, in that place of expertise to, to, to dwell and just being immersed in this realm. Uh, and maybe in a couple of years, I, I can answer to the full extent of the question. Right now, I'm, I'm just peeping through, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. And, and speaking of a couple of years from now, what are some of your, what are some of the other things you're maybe considering uh, adding to the program or optimizing or maybe removing? Uh, one of the things that comes to mind is I know that ayahuasca can be harder, difficult to uh, obtain or source because it's maybe not as uh, sustainable uh, a plant medicine as something like yeah. psilocybin, for example. You know, is yeah. that going to affect your treatment protocol? Do you think you might have to switch to something like psilocybin or change up the way that you approach this because of sustainability? Yeah. So, so we are already uh, doing uh, uh, protocols of microdosing with with psilocybin, and we we have a, a mycologist that is producing the the, the actual mycelium and the actual fruit of, of the mushroom. Uh, so we are getting very high grade uh, um, psilocybin, uh, and although we are using it for microdosing, we we expect to create protocols of immersion. Um, but but th this is something, uh, as I told you before, I, I'm I I do not um, I'm I'm not the the one that provides the plant medicine. So right. that's something that that we need to assess with with our actual provider right now. Um, the, the provider that we have is trained uh, in, in in the ayahuasca tradition. We will have to find someone that is trained within the Mazatec tradition for holding space, or 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 within you know CIS or or someone that has the the credentials to to support a process. Fascinating. Uh, well, one of the last questions I had for you before you know I give you the last word is, as we're going into, as we're going into these ancient cultures and taking their medicines that you they've been using since time immemorial and applying it to you know the the modern world. Uh, this topic of inclusion comes up a lot and social equity and being mindful of the fact that you know, we are taking this from them, you know, and we have to, and we should be mindful and responsible of uh, respecting their culture. Um, so what are some ways a space can be more inclusive and how can we be mindful of the indigenous people that have helped bring the medicine this far? You know, we, we I feel like we owe a lot to them. Uh, I'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I think that there's definitely organizations that do this, like Nierica. It's an organization that promotes the recognition of the ancient uh, cultures in and their work in, uh, in implementing strategies for for psychedelic use in, in a therapeutic environment. Um, they, they're really good to research, um, and then your own personal relationship to these ancient cultures, your acknowledgement every time that you're going to take a plant that, you know, within your capacity to, to, to have them present, to, you know, to, to share the light onto their cultures, that, that if you see, uh, you know, some fundraising that supports any of these cultures that, that you support by, by giving some of your resources, you know, if in our case, when we had the connection to Cassiano, we, 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 we you know, we tried to bring him to ceremonies, we we try to bring wealth into into his community. We we took him to South Africa to have an exchange with with traditional shamans of of, of South Africa and provide the medicine there and and have an intercultural experience. Uh, no, I think that that there are infinite ways of of acknowledging and and, and providing 
um, you know, a, a sense of, of, of respect and of saying, you know, we, we need you guys. We, we need your tradition and we need for you to keep it alive, which, which is one of the, you know, one of the huge risks is that the, the traditions are, 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 are dissolving, you know, uh, their kids want to become Western. Uh, so, so uh, it, 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 it is a crisis that we're facing and, and we need to see how, how that's why we, we, we gain this knowledge, but we gain it with the whole concept, with the whole understanding of the culture and not the, just the use of the molecule, but, but incorporating that culture within ourselves as much as we can, you know, and as much as we can understand the, the, their, their cosmogony and how we, we make a, a ends meet with that cosmogony and our own Western understanding. Very great insight. Cosmogony, that's a word I'm going to look up later. That's a new yeah. word to add to my, my vocabulary. So I like to give all my guests the last word, you know, a, a message that you maybe have to share with our, our audience, just, you know, the, the world at large about what you do and what we talked about today. Uh, that would be really awesome. The floor is all yours. Sorry, I didn't understand. Oh, I said, <laughs> I, I, I like to give, that's okay. <laughs> I like to give all my guests, you know, the, the last word, basically. My last message. word? Yeah, um, a message you want to share about what we talked about, or just anything you you want to end with? Uh, the floor no, is yours. Just, just we we this process is is eternal. It's it's infinite, and we will be you know passing through through inner explorations always. No, and and to not not be distracted from the capacity to regain or center every time that we're we're off of it. That being off of it is the, the possibility to regaining it. Uh, and to trust that th there is a consciousness that sustains um, that sustains us, and that there is love within this consciousness, and that we're not all alone in this process. That we 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 have a field of awareness that's emerging. We have each other, uh, and uh, that we need to trust life, uh, and that life is the best answer to 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 follow life, to follow life within us, and that that through that process we will come up. You know, with the the solutions to to our distress. That's awesome. Uh, that was probably one of the best last words <laughs> I've ever had on, on my podcast before. What a what an amazing message! Thank you so much for being on the show, Dr. Carlos. I really appreciate sure, it. It's always such a pleasure to connect with you. I'll be seeing you in a few short weeks. I, I really Thank look you. forward to it. And to all, all our listeners, this is another great episode of the Sci-Fi Podcast, where we talk to leading industry experts, clinicians, and scientists to unravel the mystery of psychedelic science. I was joined today by Dr. Carlos Alvier Lopez of Inscape Recovery. And yeah, thank you so much. And we'll speak with all of you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Sci-Fi Series, brought to you by Microdose and the Conscious Fund. Visit our website at www.microdose.com. Stop buzz.